Welcome to Bad Axe Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Linka. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. Bad Axe is brought to you by the Podmoth Media Network. Check out Podmoth for more great podcasts. If you would like to support Bad Axe and get bonus content, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com backslash badaxepod. Memberships start at just $1 and you can binge several months worth of bonus episodes right now. This month's mini-episode is already out, and it's about an aunt who drove around with the dead bodies of her niece and nephew. One of the children was actually in her trunk for over a year, and it's a really tragic story. There's a lot of information to pick apart. I personally could not stop thinking about it, and I think you'll feel the same way too. Now, on to today's case. Just a warning before we dive into this. Today's case is going to be a bit graphic and could trigger you if you're sensitive to discussions of sexual assault. I came across this by accident and I really just, again, could not stop thinking about this case either and I really wanted to tell you about this girl, but it is kind of brutal. So just be aware of that before we go in. You could always skip the really awful parts, I guess. I'm not going to be providing like a play-by-play of the actual like really bad parts of the crime. You'll understand what I mean when we get there. But I mean, we're doing like an overview of what happened and it's still going to sound kind of rough. Today we're going to Campsy, Australia, which is a city west of Sydney. We're going to start our story in 2011. 20-year-old Meng Mei Li, who went by Michelle, grew up in Chengdu, China with her loving family. She had big goals for herself and studied hard so she could reach them. But she wasn't just smart. She also had hobbies, which included photography. She loved taking pictures of beautiful places. Her family described her as a kind girl who was a good daughter, and she was also really, really beautiful. Not that that defines her as a person, but it is a fact about her. She was very beautiful. At a young age, Michelle lost her father after he died in an earthquake. After this loss, she and her mother grew very close. Her mother did everything she could to provide Michelle with the best life possible to make up for losing her father. As she entered adulthood, this meant helping Michelle complete her education. To attain her career goals, Michelle needed a university education, including a graduate degree. She hoped to move to Australia to attend university. Thanks to her tight-knit family, Michelle's dreams came true. Her 48-year-old aunt offered her a room in her apartment in Campsy. But it wouldn't just be the two of them. Michelle's aunt already shared her apartment with her 23-year-old fiancé, Derek Barrett, and her adult daughter, who was Michelle's cousin. Barrett was just three years older than Michelle, but she treated him like an uncle. There might be a big age difference between her aunt and Barrett, but it wasn't noticeable at first glance. Barrett looked older for his age and carried a bit of extra weight. He worked as an IT professional and seemed to keep a low profile. Meanwhile, Michelle's aunt often traveled for work to a city called Wollongong, which is south of Sydney. 
Her work trips often lasted for several days, so Barrett would be alone with Michelle and her cousin. When she left home in 2011, Michelle's mother worried about her daughter moving so far away and starting a life in a new country. But she trusted family to keep Michelle safe. Now, you'll notice throughout this episode, we will be referring to Michelle's aunt as Michelle's aunt and her cousin as Michelle's cousin, and that's because their identities have been kept secret by the newspapers in Australia. So I don't know if that was their personal choice or if that's just how things are done there. Her mom has gone on record and revealed her identity, but her aunt and her cousin have been granted their privacy, so we will not be using their names. One year after Michelle moved in, in 2012... Michelle's aunt officially wed Derek Barrett in a traditional white wedding. They opted to have a Western-style wedding. Her aunt strolled down the aisle in a traditional white bridal gown and princess tiara, clutching a bouquet of roses. The groom donned a simple black tux with a rose corsage. Michelle attended her aunt's wedding in a pretty peach satin dress. But the happy couple's lovely wedding photos don't tell the entire story of their relationship. No one saw the fractured psyche inside Derek Barrett. Unbeknownst to Michelle and her family, Barrett was obsessed with her. He spent his days fantasizing about Michelle and hoped to one day possess her. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, now this is all while being married to her aunt. Yeah, that's not cool. And the focus of this case is going to be on Michelle, but there does seem to be evidence that he also fixated a lot on the aunt's daughter as well, Michelle's cousin. So keep that in mind, the back of your mind. She sort of gets downplayed, and I think that's because they're sort of trying to keep her identity a secret. But she was also somewhat of a target of his fantasies as well. Wow. Soon after she arrived in the home, Derek Barrett started crossing boundaries without her knowledge. While he was alone in the bathroom one day, he tucked a video camera behind some toiletries. And he used this camera to film Michelle and her cousin showering and changing clothes. What a creep. Yeah, he took several of these videos. And at times, he would actually offer to run baths for Michelle. And this favor was not exactly a kindness because he would always set up his camera before he started the water. And then that would allow him to watch her bathing. That's disgusting. That's really nasty. Oh, yeah, it's really bad. But it gets worse. Like, way worse. That was actually not enough for him. At night, Barrett would sneak into Michelle's room like a ghost. Quietly, he crept to the side of her bed and hovered over her sleeping form. And then he masturbated. Ew. And you're probably wondering, how can we prove this happened? Well, he actually filmed himself doing the act so he could rewatch each violation. Wow, that is messed up. Yeah, and these videos usually lasted from 30 seconds to 2 minutes, but he didn't necessarily film, like, the whole thing. Although, I don't think he was actually laughing very long, if you get microdrift. Yeah. But still, just, ugh. Yeah, that's, that's gross. Yeah. And this is his stepdaughter and his niece. I know they're not technically biologically related to him, but, like... It's still family. It's family. What are you... There's not, like, any time that it's okay... It just feels extra bad somehow because he's supposed to be taking responsibility for them and the family's having more trust in him because he is a family member and they're looking at him like he should be in this trusted position and then he's using that to just do these awful perverted things. Yeah, exactly. These surreptitious acts of sexual assault satisfied Barrett for about four years, but then they just weren't enough anymore. 
So he starts planning something even worse. Oh, God. Finally, on Friday, April 22nd, 2016, Barrett decided to bring his fantasies to life. That day, he'd had time alone in the home with Michelle. His wife, Michelle's aunt, was on a two-day work trip in Wollongong. Remember, that's where she went for business. And her daughter, Michelle's cousin, was out of the home for part of the day. It was just the two of them there. While Michelle was out of her room, Barrett set up two cameras in different areas of her room so that he could film what he was about to do. This was inside the bedroom that was supposed to be her ticket to the life she wanted for herself. Then, he waited for her to come home. As she entered her bedroom, he followed her. She asked him what he was doing, but he didn't answer. Instead, he pushed her down on the bed. Michelle again questioned his actions, saying, quote, You crazy, what are you doing? Unquote. She also told him, quote, You can't do this to me. Unquote. But Barrett just ignored her. He used his size to overpower her, binding her to the bed with duct tape. As he tied her up, he stripped off Michelle's clothes. Then, Barrett stuffed a white cloth into Michelle's mouth and wrapped black tape around it. After that, he began his assault. In between attacks, Barrett took video and still photos of Michelle, documenting the abuse. In addition to the video cameras, he used his phone to take close-up pictures of her face and other areas of her body. In total, this lasted for a really long time. He kept her bound for part of two different days total. Goodness gracious, that is this is really awful. I told I told you it was going to be bad. Well, I know. I'm just commenting on it. I mean, it's still bad, you know. According to authorities who saw the photos, Michelle wore a look of terror as her uncle filmed and photographed her in captivity. At some point during this attack, her cousin actually entered the home. And above her, Michelle was still there bound and gagged on the bed. And she was still alive at that point. It's unclear if Michelle heard her cousin moving around below her. And if so, she could have assumed it's Barrett. We don't know. But unfortunately, the cousin never realized that anything was wrong. And she never went upstairs to check on Michelle. And it sounds like neither one of them really heard anything that could have allowed them to kind of like call out or make noise. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's really terrible. Yeah, she had absolutely no idea that her stepfather was a monster. And remember, she had been targeted for part of this as well, because he had also been spying on her. And for all we know, he might have planned to eventually do this to her. Yeah, I mean, that seems likely. Yeah. After the sexual assault and filming, Barrett decided he couldn't let Michelle live. While she lay bound and gagged, he grabbed a knife and stabbed her between 30 and 40 times. Damn. Yeah, which obviously killed her. Yeah, that's overkill. Yeah, it's overkill. It's sort of like a rage thing or maybe a sexual thing, which we will get into later uh, because there is a psychiatrist who has comments about what all went down. (laughs) Of course. I would imagine there's a lot of psychiatrists that have a lot of comments about what went down. I imagine that's true. And we will hear some of that. Once she was dead, Barrett kept her body in the apartment for two whole days. Then, on Sunday, April 24th, 2016, Barrett transported Michelle's nude body two hours from the home to the New South Wales Central Coast Waterhole, which is a scenic beach area with cliffs and wide beaches that provide access to the Pacific Ocean. I looked up pictures of this area, and it is super gorgeous. Definitely a place that tourists go, and also, according to reports, Michelle had actually liked to go there and take pictures. Yeah, it sounds like a really nice place. Yeah. 
But that's not why he's there. Yeah. Barrett took Michelle's body there so that he could toss it into the water, likely hoping that she'd be washed out to sea, which is terrible. That is terrible. And on a side note, while I was looking up those pictures, there were actually news links about a different woman's body being found yesterday, like from the day that we are currently recording. And I don't know if this area is super murdery or if this is just like a really big coincidence, but I thought that was super suspicious. And according to reports, authorities are investigating it as a potential crime. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. People need to stop dumping bodies in beautiful I know, right? places. Or right? just ever. Just don't yeah. dump bodies. If you don't kill people, <laughs> you don't have to dump bodies. Yes, indeed. I feel like that's one of our t-shirt sayings. Because we've yeah. said that on a lot of episodes. That's true. Just don't kill people, and then you're you're done. Yeah. It's so easy. You there just you don't have to do it. It's fine. Exactly. No, no body to clean up if you don't kill nobody. Yes. It's a different twist on nobody, no crime. Right. No crime, no body. <laughs> Solutions. Solutions that everyone should follow. Barrett's awful evil plan did not quite go his way because later that day, tourists visiting the Snapper Point blowhole spotted something in the water. When they got closer, they realized it was a body floating face down. Authorities rushed to the scene and recovered the body, but unfortunately, they had no way to ID it. Because she was completely nude and she had no belongings with her. Now, at this point, no one has reported Michelle missing, so they even don't even know that there's a missing woman in the area yet. When they got Michelle's body to the medical examiner's office, police also took pictures of her face, and they used these to create a computer-generated picture of what Michelle looked like in life, and then they distributed this photo to try to ID her. So it goes, like, across the news. Everyone's looking for this woman now. However, this image actually did not help garner any leads. Instead, police did not catch their first break until Michelle's aunt arrived back home from work. When she got back to the apartment, she immediately questioned Michelle's absence because, after all, we all know that Michelle was a studious, serious girl, and so her aunt knows she's not going to just run off and disappear or go on, like, a last-minute unplanned trip or anything like that. If Michelle's not there, something is wrong. Exactly. So, the aunt takes Barrett with her to the police station, and together, they reported Michelle missing. Three days after the missing person's report, police were able to match it to the body found in Snapper Point. And at this point, Michelle's family is notified that she has been murdered. That's sad. Yeah, it's extremely sad. And they did not take it well, which makes sense, because I don't know how anybody would take a murder well. Nope. So her mom at this point travels from China to come to Australia to try to help her daughter get justice, to you know, have memorial services, see family, all that stuff. Her aunt and her cousin obviously are very devastated. And Barrett's troll butt is over there pretending like he doesn't know what's going on. With Michelle's ID made, police immediately began investigating the murder. At first, they considered someone might have taken Michelle. However, they were able to locate some CCTV footage of her final movements, and they were actually able to track her back to her apartment. And authorities officially arrested Barrett for Michelle's murder on April 30th, 2016, a little over a week after the crime. Nice. Didn't take him long to figure that one out. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure he left, like, a lot of clues. Well, yeah, we know he videotaped and took pictures and shit. Yeah. Under questioning, Barrett gave three different stories about what happened to Michelle. Now, it's unclear exactly what all three of these stories were, but we're going to hear bits and pieces of them during his trial. 
While he awaited trial, by the way, his lawyer actually had the audacity to complain that he was having a rough time in custody. Oh, boo-hoo. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of whining on behalf of Barrett. And we've previously said in prior episodes that obviously it's not okay for prisoners to, like, abuse each other and blah, blah, blah. Um, It's a lot harder to feel sorry for this particular dude after what he did. But I really, I could not muster up any sympathy at all. Like, screw this guy. Yeah, for real. In August 2017, Barrett finally decided to just plead guilty. So he pleaded guilty to several crimes in connection with Michelle's case. And these include things that range from assault, he, he pleaded guilty to murder, disposing of her body, taking or detaining a person with the intent to obtain advantage, that's the name of a charge, and three counts of committing an act of indecency with a person aged over 16. Now, you'll notice that that says indecency, but there's nothing about sexual assault. And that's because at the time, authorities could not prove that he sexually assaulted her. They had the photos, but they did not have the video evidence. So all they know is that he did, like, essentially kidnap her in her own home. Like, he bound her and detained her and abused her and hurt her and murdered her. And he took photos of her, but they don't know if he actually raped her. Because he won't admit to that. And, like, he has lots of lies, y'all. And, like, (laughs) obviously she was in that water for a while. So, and she set out for two days. So, like, they were just unable to make the rape charge at the time. Right, yeah. Now, at his sentencing hearing, Barrett revealed some of his many stories that he told. The big one was that he claimed he did not remember the crime. Oh, right. Which is total bullshit. And I know that because he fucking has pictures of that shit. Yeah, give me a break. And videos. Liar. Yeah, he just conveniently forgot. Yes, as part of his I don't remember what happened, at times he just said that he snapped. But at other times he said... That he was using ice, which is what they call crystal meth in in Australia. And also synthetic marijuana at the time of the crime. Now, obviously, these drugs can be rough on you. No one's disputing that. But, really, like, you forgot a whole crime. You managed to put the cameras up. You vid- First of all, you videoed her for years, taking a bath, changing, with you masturbating over her. All that. You videotaped that. Just... You know, before the ice, before the the synthetic marijuana. Then whilst high, or tweaking, if you will, he was able to set up the cameras at different angles to film, to like create his own little fucking snuff film, essentially, is what he's doing here. And then to also take pictures that are like framed and stuff, and like bind her, and like gag her, and keep her in the house, and a secret from the other girl who's entering and leaving the apartment at various times. But he's just off his rocker with drugs. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Yeah, and I mean, you were saying this took a long time, you know, like over parts of two days. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound like a, 
you know, something that just happens when you snap or like a quick drug-induced raise. Like that's something that like yes. it takes a lot of concentration and effort. It's a lot of effort. concentration. I, mean, I, I don't think that's something you're just going to do while you're high for a few minutes and then forget about it. Exactly. You know? Like he's, there's a lot that goes into this. I'm not the only one that says this. There's like doctors and stuff that testify. Right. But it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. It's very, it's rich of him to try to claim that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it's, it's just really, it's despicable it's some bullshit yeah it's just some bullshit so then as part of his whole i don't remember what i was doing argument a second side of it because there's like multiple versions of this of course is that he also says that he just remembers an argument and this argument made him snap and he remembers michelle yelling at him in chinese and he was just very upset and then his hands were bloody Oh, right. Yeah. And he right. doesn't remember stabbing her, and it was all so fast. Yeah. Oh. Or, the, or the hours of assault and yeah, all of the, exactly. this other shit. And yeah. then he tries to add it that they were fighting, and she was yelling at him. Like, that fucking makes it yeah. okay. I'm sure she was yelling at him. She was yelling at him to leave her alone. Probably. Yeah, there was, at the beginning, before he <laughs> fucking gagged her, she was yelling at him yeah. to leave her alone and not murder her. This yeah. is ridiculous. It's just absolutely, it's not even, like, the, the most frustrating that he's going to be. This is just like the beginning of his bullshit. Oh, I see. Yeah, because like you think the murder is bad enough, and it is. Like it's, but then he just—he's just such a bad person. Like he really is. And I feel like if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I'm usually like I'm a pretty empathetic person, and like I can understand that people have issues and all kinds of crap. This dude sucks, and I hate him. And like, no. <laughs> and nothing, nothing, no redeeming qualities for this dude. No remorse for this guy. No, none, zero. Okay, so let's continue. The Odd Entity Podcast is your bi-weekly foray into the weird, wonky, and sometimes downright spooky. Join host Janine Mercer as she leads you down the twisted pathways of history and tackles tales of the paranormal weird historical people and practices, and so much more. The Odd Entity Podcast, a proud member of the Podmoth Media Network, can be found on Twitter and Instagram at OddEntityPod and is available wherever you binge your podcasts. At one point during this trial, he actually said, in court, in fucking court, he said, quote, I would never have done something like that, unquote. Except he did. Yeah, and also, we don't have the video at this trial, but there's literally photos of you doing the thing that you took, that you fucking took. But you would never do that shit. Of course. Now, one thing that that a lot of us who listen to true crime would probably note about this is he says that I would never have done something like this, which is your classic lie denial. Where instead of you saying, no, oh my God, how terrible, like, I did not do this, you just distance yourself and you just tell your lie. Oh, I would never do that. I would never do something like that. So distrustful when people say shit like that to me now. Also, as part of his trial testimony, Barrett said that he regretted his actions and he tried crying as he said that he wanted to switch places with Michelle. Oh, right. Yeah, we're all very sure that that's true. And this guy's such a piece of shit. That is what they always say. That's what the murderers always fucking say, where they're like, if I could take it back and switch places, I would. Liar. Liar. You killed someone for some bullshit reasons, and but yet you would go back and change places. 
Yeah, no, you wouldn't. No, you, you, know wouldn't. you wouldn't. You would not either. A psychiatrist testified at this sentencing hearing that Barrett was a sexual deviant who wanted to dominate Michelle. He said that Barrett's attack was well-planned, and he believed, in his professional opinion, that Barrett was lying about not remembering it. That sounds right to me. Yeah, he kind of went into some detail about the sexual part. But basically, this guy's a pervert, and he gets off on dominating ladies and stabbing them to death. And also binding them and, like, torturing them and whatnot. Um, I kind of downplayed the torture part, but essentially uh, what happened to her is torture, so that was part of it for him. At the sentencing hearing, Michelle's family pushed for life in prison, and her mom really went hard for it. And this is Australia, and that's, I think, less common over there, but she was very determined that she wanted him to get life in prison. And he actually, at one point, claimed that he thought he deserved life in prison because what he did was so bad. But keep in mind that he, like, turns tail on that, like, real fast. Just be prepared. (laughs) Yeah. So the judge takes in all this. And remember, she does not have that video footage. And so they don't actually know all of what happened to Michelle yet. And after the judge evaluates everything and all the statements, she sentences him to 46 years in prison with a minimum of 34.5 years. And this would make him eligible for parole in 2050. Now, this is kind of a big sentence for, like, compared to all the other Australian cases we've done, this is a lot bigger. But at the same time, what he did is so bad, Uh, especially when you factor in the video. Also, um, don't look for it, but I think you can find the video online because I purposefully avoided that. But when I was trying to type in, like, her name and stuff, it kept wanting to autofill video. And I'm like, who is watching that? Don't watch that. Do not, yeah. That's really disrespectful to Michelle, in my opinion. I'm not trying to judge you, but I'm a little bit judging you. Please do not watch that. She would definitely not want you to see that. Yeah, no way. Don't, don't watch that. That's Yeah, uh, no, please uh, don't. No. Anyway, I think it might be out there, though, which is kind of jacked up. Yes. You know who has that video? That Museum of Death guy. Oh, Jesus. That's who has that video. <laughs> that's who wants to find it, is that dude. I am traumatized from that place. I... like not to be dramatic but if you haven't been there it's very disturbing or at least i don't know i think there's more than one we went to the one in new orleans use your own discretion if you want to go in there i should have not gone in like it's my fault there's a picture of a dead person on the little like pay area where you buy your tickets and i thought wow that's really horrible i wonder why that's there but I'm sure that it's not a precursor to what's about to come to my life. And then we paid $31 to go in there. And I was uh, immediately met with um, a realization that I was not cut out for that. Yeah, we made a big mistake. Yeah, uh, he knew, He knew too, the guy who was like the owner guy. Because he asked me like if I were okay. And I was, I don't think that I looked good. I'm pretty sure that I didn't. Yeah, you were a little shaken up. We were both oh, a little yeah. shaken up after I that. I was like, I'm just, just pretend like everything is fine. Just pretend like it's fine. And I I don't know what I expected. Parts of it were okay. I like the Memento Mori pictures. Those were cool. And, like, there was some historical stuff, but a lot of crime scene things that I did not need to see in my life. Yeah, I did not either. There was That was a very gruesome uh, exhibit. We're kind of off topic, but I feel like it goes with this. Which was why <laughs> I was saying don't watch that video. There's a whole... there's They have, like, this thing called a theater of death, and there's, like, footage of just death... And, like, bodies and stuff. It's just not a thing that I need No, for me. Mm. It's not a thing that I did not get good vibes at no. all. No, no, no. no, I got messed up 
vibes from that. Yeah, to say the least. I needed like a moment afterwards. Anyway, the judge does not know that this horrific video exists yet. So she's thinking 46 years is like a really long sentence. We're going to go with that. He's going to be in jail for at least 34 and a half years. Yay, team. All right. So he goes off to jail where he immediately appeals this sentence, by the way. So he he claims, oh, I should receive life in prison for this. And then he gets 46 years and is like, that is too long and I'm a victim. (laughs) And yeah. I imagine as soon as he got into prison and found out what it was like, he was like, this is terrible. He was already there. I think he just, he's just an asshole. He's just a fucking asshole. Oh, yeah. He's being manipulative. I think he thought that by going there and being like, I'm such a bad person. I deserve life in prison. That everyone would be fooled and think, oh, wow, he's so remorseful and changed. We should give him a light sentence. And then when he didn't get that, he was just like, where's my lawyer? I want less sentence. Type, type, type. Despite him going off the jail and continuing to play the victim, the story is not actually over. Because in 2020, shocking news came out. Back in November 2019, an elderly woman who has seemingly no connection to the family had actually finally discovered Barrett's disturbing videos that he made of Michelle that day. Yes. So he had put the videos on a USB drive to hide them, which, by the way, later on, psychiatrists would point out is part of him planning a cover-up, which means that he knew damn well what he fucking did wrong. And, like, he was lucid during the whole time and remembered what he fucking did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he hid the videos on a USB drive with the plan to be able to watch them later. And, for whatever reason, police did not find them. It's possible he had, like, gotten rid of the USB drive in the meantime. Because, somehow, it ended up in this old lady's possession. And that is when things start getting fucking weird. So, the police recover this drive and they look at the videos and realize... That he fucking not only just regular raped her, but like did a lot of of really bad sexual assault stuff and multiple times over like the course of this period of time and had filmed it from like all kinds of angles and stuff. So at this point, police are like, what the hell? And authorities immediately charged him with 17 counts of aggravated sexual assault and indecent assault. So we're looking at like 17 incidences here. That's a lot of things that he did. Should give you an idea of just how bad it was. Yeah, there's basically like a feature-length movie of awful things that he did. Jesus. Yeah. That poor woman. Exactly. Yes, and what the fuck? Anyway, so at this point, he officially pleads guilty. But he once again, he made a ton of excuses. I don't even know. How do you even make excuses here? I mean, obviously he has to plead guilty because there's literally a film of it. There's a film of the crime. I mean, that one lady and one of our... Patreon episodes, there's a film of her committing her crime and she still denied it. So maybe that's like a thing. I don't know. I think maybe you just double down even though you know you're wrong. I guess. Like, the, but like, I don't know. Just go full shaggy. Right, like, yeah. Like, it wasn't me. Yeah, you're just like, it wasn't me. Like, we see you on the camera. Wasn't me. Like, we see it. We <laughs> fucking see you. We can see it happening. Like, we know you did it. Yeah. Anyway, right. so he admits that he did it. But here are some things that happened at this new sentencing trial. This is like, I literally just like, I wanted, there was a moment where I wanted to give up. <laughs> like, <laughs> because I just was like, so like angry. I was like, I, my anger bubbled forth and I was unable to like control it momentarily. So one thing that he did is cry and act like a victim. And he claimed that he still has nightmares about this. 
Oh, good lord. Like, you're the murderer. Like, it, you should have nightmares. Oh my, if I could make you have more nightmares, I would. Like, if I had that power. Yeah. To, like, induce nightmares, I would make you have all of the nightmares. Right. I feel like we all agree that no matter what happens with the criminals in our world, if they could all have horrible nightmares about the crime they committed, that would be really great. Yeah, for real. I mean, I mean you have that coming to you, you know? Yes. Like, I mean, you killed somebody. Exactly. I'm assuming he was going for, I have remorse, in quotation marks. But regardless, nobody is impressed by this. Uh, one of his therapists actually came forward in the sentencing hearing and testified. This is someone he saw in prison and said that this man, Barrett, legitimately, literally went into his office, into his therapist's office, and he said, and I'm not even kidding with you, quote, I lost everything because of a stupid weekend, unquote. Oh my God. And that's how we know he's not remorseful because that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, give me a break. Yes. What the fuck? Literally, he murdered someone. Like, Michelle lost everything. And her family lost everything because they lost Michelle. Because she was awesome and they loved her and they should have had her for a whole lifetime. And instead, this asshole murdered her. And then he's going to be like, I lost everything. Really? Boo-hoo. Ser- like, I can't even, like, I can't with this. Like, I can't <laughs> with this, dude. I really can't. Because, I mean, there's, like, times that maybe, you know, you, like, got drunk and missed the SATs or something. And you're like, oh, no. I I was, like, an A student. And then I lost everything because I was drunk on the SATs. Now I have to, like, wait and go to college next year if there's, like, not another date or something. That's when you cry at your therapist's office. That's when it's appropriate. Right. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, other times, like, that you could say this. Like, maybe you were going to get a promotion at work on Monday, but you got drunk on Sunday night celebrating the promotion and were late and you didn't get the promotion. I lost everything because of one stupid weekend. That makes sense. This guy literally, like, bound and tortured and murdered his niece. Fuck you. Like, really. For seriousness, I, I hate him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a piece of shit. What are you going to do? Okay, so then he gave a statement apologizing, which I put in quotation marks, for this crime. And this is part of that statement. He says, quote, No words can begin to describe the emotional pain I have caused to you and the family. I can only imagine what you must be going through from your loss. He's not able to imagine this shit because he doesn't have that part of his brain working because he's broken. Every moment of my life, I wish I could go back in time and take back that day that has caused so much pain. I let my own problems spill into the family home and they paid dearly as a result, unquote. He let his own problems spill into the family home? You mean being a fucking psychopath? Is that what you mean? Yeah, barf. Come on. Yeah, do you mean being a sexual predator? Is that the problem that you let spill into the home? Among other problems, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of them. And they were. he makes it sound like he had like a, a gambling addiction and he missed rent that month or something. Like this is like really... Anyway, okay, I don't need to tell you it's bad. Everyone knows it's bad. He sucks. Um, he also had reiterated that he wanted to switch places with her, which is a lie. And we know it's a lie and he's stupid. Michelle's family, during this second sentencing hearing, wanted the judge to increase the sentence to life in prison because the new charges came out, which is reasonable because at this point, again, I have downplayed some of the descriptions of this video, but like, I feel like you get the point that there was a torture murder here and this was his niece and whatnot. So 
rational people are thinking we should just keep him in there. He's got problems. Clearly, after this is years after he's been put in prison to begin with, and he feels only sorry for himself. He's got some problems, y'all. He's a psychopath. So they're thinking, thank you. He's going to go to prison forever, right? Yeah. Well, he's going through the sentencing hearing in February 2021. This is very recent. And it was in March 2021 when the judge announced the new sentence. She came out and said that she would have given him life in prison the first time around if she had had all the evidence at the original sentencing, which includes that video. However, she said that the sentence could not be handed down at the new trial because all she could focus on was that rape. She can't, like, add it on? Like, she can't give you 40 years for the murder and then 40 more years for the rape and torture stuff? You would think... You would think. But, I mean, maybe just add the two numbers together. You would think. Yeah, because I mean, an 80-year sentence, he ain't going to live that long. That is not what happened, though. Instead, she just resentenced him to the same 46 years, but now he has to serve at least 36.5 years. Oh. Yeah, so it's an extra two years. That's, like, what happened. And he's eligible for parole in 2052 because of that. That's so unsatisfying. It really is. Like, I get it that he'll be, like, a little old. But he's not that old because he was, what, 28 when he committed the crime? So that's not that old. Yeah, I mean, he'll be, what, in In his his early 60s maybe? Yeah, Yeah, that's still old enough to murder again. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Like, no kidding. For Michelle's family, this is obviously not enough. And things are never going to be the same again. Her mother, Mei Zong, flew in from China to pursue justice for her daughter, and she did attend a tearful press event where she reportedly said, quote, We even today still cannot accept the fact that she has left us and we are still in great suffering. The time will never turn back to when Ming Mei and I were living happily together, unquote. Which is so depressing. Yeah. Also, more depressing, the trauma of losing Michelle through her grandmother, who was really healthy, into a state of grief so dark that she literally passed away shortly after Michelle's death. And that's really sad. Yeah, so this poor mom lost her daughter and her mom after she already lost her husband. And it's just sad. That's very sad. Unfortunately, Michelle's aunt and cousin have reportedly blamed themselves, even though this is not their fault at all. There's literally nothing that they could have done. And in fact, her cousin is another victim since he was also filming her nude and probably planned to kill her too, for all we know. Probably so, yeah. Yeah, so I felt really bad for them. I think that might be why they redacted their identities is because of this, like, self-blame they were doing, but they are definitely not at all to blame. I just think it's so sad that that's an extra layer, that they lost this person who was important to them, that they loved, and then, like, had this sense of responsibility when what could they have done? They did not know this guy was a psycho. Yeah, of course. Now, what happened to Michelle is horrible, and I wish that her killer had gotten life personally, because fuck that dude. And I wanted to tell her story. It's hard with true crime, because a lot of these cases are just really horrific, but at the same time, we're going to talk about them, so... Yeah, I mean, it, it, it helps to, to tell the victim's story, you know, to kind of like yeah, I know make sure a, that they're not forgotten, right? Yeah, I know there's a lot of debate about that, but for me, I, I studied literature, and so I'm used to things like William Shakespeare wrote a sonnet immortalizing his lover and it's like now that it's down on paper everyone's gonna read it forever and you're always gonna remember that person so I think about that with the podcast do you think it helps in some way to like immortalize the people like something horrible has happened to them but we're never ever going to forget about it that's true 
But we will forget about this turd bucket because fuck that dude. Absolutely. Thank you for sticking with us to the end. If you want more Bad Axe, please consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com backslash badaxepod for as little as $1. You can also support Bad Axe by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We would really, really like it if you leave us a review if you like the podcast. We are trying to get some more reviews uh, from, you know, our, our listeners. So if you could do that, that'd be super amazing. Uh, also, if you could tell a friend about us, that would be also super amazing. Like, I mean, if your friend likes true crime, if they hate it, then I mean, obviously they're not going to probably want to listen to it. But if you have a true crime friend, like recommend us, that'd be great. You can connect with us on social media at Bad Axe Pod. We are on all of the platforms, but we are most active on Instagram. So if you can come to Instagram, come to us there. Because that is where things get super jazzy. If you have feedback, comments, or case suggestions, you can email us at badaxpod at gmail.com. And Aaron is going to tell you all about the website. We have a really cool website. You should go check it out. It's badaxpod.com. Woot woot. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.